Welcome to part two of our spotlight on Nicaragua. We will be rejoining the conversation now. So when did Horizon? That's what we were going to I'm, get I'm to. real curious. Yeah. Dan and, and Ryan, when did Horizon <laughs> uh, get connected to Nicaragua and, and how did that all happen? So the way it started, well, yeah, I don't know. What would you say? I know like we had a lot of people in our church that were just doing very sporadic international ministry. We had a lot of young people who cared a lot about serving. And Dan had been internationally a couple times. We had other people in our church that had been internationally a couple times. Yeah, so I had actually, um, I had uh, done some things internationally uh, with an organization called YWAM, mm-hmm. um, where I was in Cambodia for three months. Um, and so that was kind of where like, my heart for missions, uh, you know, kind of was, was played out and, and came back, um, after that. And I had, um, prior to that trip actually had been to La Chareca with right. another member of our church, Sarah, uh, Gorman at the time. And, um, you know, was just kind of blown away by everything that Cole and Bob were talking about. I mean, you just walk into the dump and it's just billows of black smoke, um, and fire and it smells horrible and there's trash everywhere and uh the level of poverty is just staggering um and so that very quickly um obviously um impacted me and was like this is something that we we have to be a part of and um ryan at the time had had a really great relationship with ryan and mark with grace city yeah um and ryan you yeah. So, and, and I had been, I've been international a lot too. And I, we, I had gone to Africa on a vision trip with Hope Springs actually. And we ultimately, all of Hope Springs ultimately decided that like going to Africa was just too hard to sustain at that stage of their ministry. It's really expensive to get there. Just some questions with the partnership there, like, you know, about how to pick the right one. So I remember coming back from that and being a little bit discouraged of like, I don't think I can get seven to 10 people to Malawi on a regular basis. It's just it's just going to be w- way too hard. And so we were trying to figure out there's some synergy around Central uh, Central America. A lot of our people just organically go. And there's some synergy around Africa, but I, f- I couldn't see how we could make that sustainable. And in the midst of this, we, we're helping to found Araminta together. And I, and I remember specifically like where we were standing when Bob goes, so how are we going to get you involved in Nicaragua? <laughs> That's basically kind of how you said it. I said, well, tell me what you're doing in Nicaragua. And, and we had a kind of a conversation. And I said, this sounds like a lot. And we already knew how we work together as churches. Our churches are very same hearts. We both have co-pastor dynamics. We both have very like young congregations that were really interested in social justice and wanted to make an impact. And so like, I felt like, okay, if this works for Grace City, there's a chance that it works for us. And uh, we kind of brought it to our leadership and they decided that they should send our own version of a vision team, which ended up being Dan and I. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Dan, because he already had experience in Nicaragua and kind of knew what kind of things to look for. And he was on our leadership. And then me, because I had the heart for this as well and wanted to build something sustainable. Um, and, and so, yeah, so we, we went down. But, like, I do feel like it really clicked with some of the, th- the very things you were saying. Like, it's sustainable. Like, we could do this on a regular basis. We could do this for a long time to come. Our people can get there regularly. And it's, it kind of it gives us a, a focus to really do something international that we can see the change over time, which was really important to me. And really important, I think, to all of us as a leadership that we could be engaged in something you know, wholeheartedly. What year was that? It had to be like 
2010. It was, it was around was the early? Yeah, it was pretty early. As it was I pretty recall. early. It was it was because Araminta. We were founding Araminta between 2008, 2000. Yeah. Maybe it was 2011. Is yeah. that possible? Yeah, sure. So it was, it was around that time. It was around I'm the time that we were wrapping. Around <laughs> the time that we were launching Araminta. Yeah. That that we finally came out. That Dan and I came down. Yeah. Yeah. And I would just just to add to that, Ryan. I think what you know, kind of the vision that Grace City had mm-hmm. and Orphan Network had. Um, was something that really resonated with me and Ryan yeah. and, and definitely with the leadership team and just the way that they um, kind of f- worked to help people in Nicaragua yeah. and, you know, was super impressed by the, uh, you know, reading the book of When Helping yeah, Hurts. Absolutely. Like I felt like you were prepared as a person to go down and volunteer in a way that was beneficial to Nicaragua mm-hmm. and not like trying to take an experience from there and come back and like show pictures to your friends right. and then just be like hey remember that time we had a trip to nicaragua but you know the focus on this long-term investment this generational commitment hmm. um is definitely what horizon's always been about both you know locally in in the community that we're in and then extending that to globally so absolutely yeah and and like you said that orphan network set the table for you it was even more set for us because grace city had done that hard work and honestly yeah, we just didn't have the infrastructure or the person to create something we just we just didn't you know like um, we had a lot of people who were individually passionate but they weren't the people who were going to organize like a really organized trip and so to be able to just say hey we can tag along and we can send people like every year was like hey bob how many spots do you have for nicaragua for us and like, hey we have about four this year we have about seven this year and that was that was perfect that really fit okay now we can pitch it knowing how many people can really fit on this trip and they can go with a wider community that's going to prepare them before they get there by reading the book and going through those things together it's going to be with them to i mean i think i remember one year that we went like you were basically grief counseling some of the girls who went on the trip because like they just didn't know how to process what they had just seen like there's infrastructure around caring for the people who go as they kind of process this and then there's the the sustainability they can come back and they can keep in touch and they can go next year if they want like that's always always an option and so i think that was like a powerful and honestly i was just selfishly wanted to be more partner with gray city i just felt like we had this really (laughs) great dynamic and one of the things horizon runs through a grid is like we always run through the grid of like um can we commit to this long term does it put us in deeper relationships with other churches Mm. it's something that is one of our important partner grids like so hope springs puts us in partnership with other churches araminta definitely puts us in partnership with other churches so to do this with another church was just exactly what we wanted. Something that like mm-hmm. built us deeper together and down there. So, and churches down in Nicaragua, like put us in right. deeper churches there, which that's forever grateful for that. So yeah, so that's kind of how we we got involved. Um, and then, I, I mean, the, the fun thing is, I, I do want to take a moment. You might not remember this trip as much because for you guys, it was probably like your third or fourth trip, and the first one sticks out. But the four of us were all on that one trip together, yep. and like, uh, which was really fun. Um, and, and did anything from that trip stand out to you, Dan, or any of the rest of you? <laughs> Dan, you're up. <laughs> there, there are a couple. Uh, there are a couple of really uh, cool moments. I remember we were walking through Tippy Tapa, and one thing that really mm. stuck out to me was we had an opportunity. And so I don't think we talked about Tippy Tapa, but Tippy Tapa mm-hmm. was kind of an extension of the dump. Um, mm-hmm. There was a community there, very similar situation. Right um, on the outskirts. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Yep. Right on the outskirts. Um, and so we had a chance to kind of visit that community. We had helped with the feeding center there, which is now, what's it called? 
<laughs> Sorry. Put you on Put the spot. So, I, I honestly couldn't tell you. <laughs> okay. <all> right. <laughs> um, but anyway, it was uh, so we went there and, and we supported the staff there a little bit and got to hang out with the kids. And then we were able to walk out in the community. And um, I remember walking into this kind of corrugated metal shack. Yeah. Um, and the, inside there was an infant who was sick, had super high fever. And mm. we didn't, they didn't know what was wrong um, with this little baby. And, um, we just got to surround them in and just, uh, cover that situation in prayer. Um, and it's just a really powerful experience that, mm. that I remember taking away, yeah. um, that impacted me profoundly. Uh, I, and then I, there I, were more, more, uh, fun experiences. <laughs> like I remember, uh, Bob and Alfred, one of the translators, <laughs> and I think it was Tim, uh, were all singing like, these old school songs and like singing four part harmonies and uh, you know yeah. fun fun little like teen man dynamic. Alfred loved to sing. Oh, uh, yeah. I remember that trip just being so. I just feel like we were a bunch of goofballs oh, on that yeah. trip, and it was it was a vision trip, but we brought joy to that yeah. trip. Is my recollection of Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah, I remember Andy Light um, just brought a pack of soccer balls, and like whenever we got to like a community, he pumped one up and. This yeah. soccer game just broke out everywhere we went, yeah, <laughs> which yeah. was just so fun to watch these kids just light up when they got a soccer ball. And Andy and Melissa uh, That's right. are a whole other story because they uh, they met there and, and got, got a romance got started. Engaged. And Not the this same week, many but years but later, yeah. they have three children. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think you've... You photographed their engagement. Their engagement. That's right. Did oh we go to gosh. the beach on our trip? We did. That, that, was that that year, <clears throat> Dan, or was that a different year that we went to the beach? We d- no, we did go to that the was, beach yeah, that, that year. year. Was that the year the they staff. got engaged? That might have been the year we, they got engaged. I think it was the year they got engaged. The The beach trips, let me tell you, I led a bunch of beach trips, and they <laughs> they were terrifying. Yours might have been the last one, but you bring like, you know, you're bussing in 200 kids to a beach oh, yeah. and then just praying that nothing goes wrong. <laughs> there were lots of rules around one human adult who knows how to swim to one child, no more than that. But but those moments where you could take kids out of their natural habitat, yeah. out of Tippi Tapa, out of La Chirica, uh-huh. out of the yeah. um, communities that they were in and, and bring them to a beach and have a celebration and a barbecue. And that's, you know, that's the kind of relational impact we're talking about. And that's Absolutely. the kind of thing that made that trip so exciting and so much fun is just being able to have those moments. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask, you know, we mentioned, we teased it a little bit about the current turmoil that has been going on in Nicaragua. Can you mm-hmm. guys give us a little insight into the, or an update on the turmoil that's actually happening in Nicaragua right now? Well, a couple of years ago, um, Nicaragua underwent, um, due to various factors, they, and they have a long history of, of, of political upheaval yeah. there and um, governments changing. And um, so a couple of years ago, um, there were some protests that was student-based, hmm. young people-based um, against the current government, and that caused uh, tension, and it caused Nicaragua to be placed on the do not uh, visit right. list right. of the United States government. And uh, and it, there was a period where it, it wasn't a particularly safe place right. to be, and part of our task as partners was just to be in prayer and contact for the Nicaraguan staff, Mm. which went, by the way, the Nicaraguan staff over 10 years went from one staff person, Eddie Morales, who we all know and love. 24, I think, Uh, today. How many? 24? I think more like 34. Oh, gosh, yeah. yeah. Huge these days. Uh, It's incredible. That's such a blessing because the the staff has, you know, uh, 
stayed fairly similar here mm. in, in on the domestic side, this domestic side, but to have it growing there with really great folks is, is awesome. But all that said, we you know so the last couple of years, um, uh, due to that kind of unrest and and you can read about it. I, yeah. I won't detail it on the air right, here. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, uh, it's know, socioeconomic. It's, it's yeah. political. Yeah. It's um, <clears throat> it, it's everything that. Uh, countries that are rising from low to middle income or from um developing to to more developed countries um they often go through these yeah. things yep. and I, you know i don't want to make it something crazy nicaragua is not unsafe it's right. not um hopeless it's not in the midst of a crazy revolution um it, it's it's very valid socioeconomic mm-hmm. and political concerns yeah um it, expressed in in ways that that sometimes trended towards violence yeah yeah so we will be going back this year yeah i was gonna ask what the current state of the mission is the 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 advisory the u.s advisory has not been lifted right and so people should know that on the other hand our partners there um the the government relationship with the ngos uh has has evolved and the ones that that they trust are the ones that that do really good work on behalf of children hmm. and orphan network is one of those so yeah. to go under the auspices of orphan network is is back to being as 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 blessed secu- as it can be as blessed yeah. and as secure as it can be um and uh an orphan network feels you know they're you know they they play security as a pretty high deal because they're yeah. responsible for a lot yeah. of people but they're saying absolutely we want trips back mm. what they what they will do is like we've taken some large trips back in the early days you were you take oh, 70 or 80 right 200 people <laughs> 200 <Good people>. <laughs> uh and then when we've gone we've had 20 25 sometimes right. that's uh-huh. but we're going to do stuff uh, under 12 yeah uh, because you don't want to have several buses going all over right. the place. 13 so, passenger van maximum <laughs> <laughs> right exactly yeah not yeah, taking yeah, the, yeah. the 200 kids at the beach yeah. this year yeah <laughs> so there won't be some of the same dynamics yeah. uh, just to kind of stay off the radar and mm-hmm. be able to do the service in a robust manner so but yeah. we're back on uh, i think we'll it's huge i think we'll have a, a kind of a, re, a leader revisioning trip team. have some folks yep. from from horizon and gray city go back this fall yeah uh, i talked to rick grinrod uh great just a couple of days ago and he said uh, we'll put something together for late october great early november and uh, uh and then have a uh, a regular newbies <laughs> kind yeah of trip. back over uh, the summer or over spring, spring break. Or summer or something yeah i mean i think we will keep people posted fall, about that we'd love summer. to have some horizon people yeah. Yep. yep we we love that and you know we're in the same way to do stuff together as churches is yeah. seems like mm-hmm. Seems like God is pleased with that. Absolutely, <laughs> in this Absolutely. day and age, particularly. Well, and just yeah. to emphasize the point, we're back on from a people standpoint. We're we've you never know, stopped. We never stopped. Right. Um, right. From a from Good a resource point. standpoint, from a, a money standpoint, yeah. from a prayer standpoint, from yeah. a checking in with our partners standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Can you mention what what is Grace City's like commitment? Like you guys give a portion of your budget every year to every so every month we we are committed to do that, that's a great question because so mm-hmm. the core commitment is twenty one hundred dollars a month, wow. which is substantial for yeah. a church of our size. Yeah, um, and out of that then grows so that that's a that's a church partnership. Right. Yep. Uh, and then out of that grows individual sponsoring children, and that comes to another. Yeah. Gosh, it's you you're, know, it's, you're tripling your yeah. your monetary yeah. gift at that yeah. point, yeah. at least uh, monthly. Yes, yeah. so huge. you're going from twenty four thousand commitment per year to, you know, sixty, seventy, That's eighty. Amazing. And then some other things have spun up around that, particularly the um, 
Mission 14 school that is training yeah. uh, folks for job for job creation in sewing, and the commitments that have come from that have been over the years in the hundreds of thousands as well. So yeah. what I love about is the resource commitment is it expands. God does weird things, good good weird things, and stuff starts to grow in ways that go way beyond your capacity yeah. as a church. Yeah, uh, you can only do so much. Uh, you can't hit the same people up all the time. Right. But but when you make that commitment and it's generational and you're there, it it expound it expands. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, in so over a decade, ways. your financial footprint is. Um, a million bucks, yeah, right. like that, Absolutely. and and to look at that as a small church is that's amazing. It's cool. Yeah. yeah, I I think that's important to know. If you are attending Grace City and you tithe, you are directly impacting the futures of Nicaragua. Same with Horizon. Horizon gives a quarter of our giving budget. It's not as robust yet as as Grace City's, but like, but we give a quarter of our budget, and every time there's a, a surplus, we give it for whatever kind of there was the earthquake the one year that we gave towards that as a surplus. We've so we try to give the surplus to whatever whatever orphan network asks for yeah. you know at that time. Uh, but but there's huge ways that you could be impacting if you're just listening to this, like just by in the feeding programs of what most of our, our money goes towards, right. which really is the lifeblood of really what keeps these feeding programs alive in certain communities. And I mean, like I, I was going to save this for like what was most impactful for me, maybe story wise. Oh, tell the story. Yeah. But, like you know, it was, uh, you know, being in Tippy Toppa the first year, I, I'm going to try not to get choked up as I say this, but you, you could see the impacts of malnutrition on the kids. I mean, discoloration in the skin and hair, just just rail thin. Um, and we we heard at the time that it was because of malnutrition that these discolorations would form. And I remember over the years, I think I went a couple times, and the third time I went years later, I mean, there's almost no evidence of it in that community. And like, which was just like, like we, as a community, we are really help, actually helping to stop malnutrition in these like in this generation. In these, yeah, in this yeah. generation. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just such an impactful thing, yeah. and it, and it's a very tangible thing that you can see that, like, these kids, I mean, how can you be focused on education or moving your life forward if you worried about where your next meal is coming from? So, I mean, that, and this if is And if I can interrupt thing. you for a minute, for what, what I love about, and this is why vetting partnerships so so crucial, is from the beginning with Eddie Morales and others having these discussions say, so if we can help through resor- yeah. financial resources accomplish what you just described, right? how do we... Um, encourage you all as the on-the-ground partner to, in the next generation, mm. uh, create an, a cultural environment where where these kids that we're feeding now are feeding their own That's kids. That's huge. Uh, because yeah. it's pretty unsustainable to do it generation after generation. You're kind of yep. chasing your tail. And and what Orphan Network is committed to, and, and Cole alluded to this earlier as well, is uh, is is social development on the scale that, that um, uh, is putting huge effort and energy and resources into job creation, into mm. education, into, you know, yeah. the kids in the orphanages are getting the best education, maybe in Nicaragua. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and they're getting jobs coming out of orphanages. That yeah. never used to happen. And the kids then in the poorer communities that the local church initiatives work in, again, the training there mm. and, 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 and mm. the creation for jobs like sewing, because so many American companies have sewing factories yeah. down there of, of one sort or another. Uh, and to have a job like that where you move out of the community where you're either jobless or you're sifting through trash or doing something for 50 cents right. a day, all of a sudden you're working for five bucks a day. And, right. And you're uh, and in Nicaragua, that's that goes a long way. That's substantial. Yeah. So wow. mm-hmm. um, so Orphan Network and we are committed to in the next generation, a whole different kind of 
mm. uh, commitment that would say we want these kids to be able to raise their families and feed their families and things like that. Yeah, That's I mean, huge. there's there's so much success going from uh, the kids in Tipitapa who who yeah they Nicaraguans generally have black hair and their hair was orange um, yeah. and their their nails were were clearly showing malnutrition and mm. they you could count all their ribs and yeah. going from that to uh, suddenly that kid is going through college. Wow. Um, that kid knows how to drive because, um, <laughs> you know, their family couldn't afford a car. They yeah. never learned how to drive, but we taught them how to drive because it turns out that's a life skill that, that you need if you're yeah. going to um, be upwardly mobile. Uh, maybe they know English. Um, maybe they got to choose what they wanted to learn. Yeah. Um, and and they, you know, we've been at this for a decade. We've seen tremendous mm. successes yeah. from that. Yeah. Um, I, I could name them off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, and there cool. You gave some many... driving lessons. Didn't you? <laughs> oh my gosh. That was kind of a setback to cars. the community as I recall. Terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there are successes and there are uh, critically uh, Orphan Network is a Christian organization partnering with churches like Horizon yeah. and Grace City. And so there are spiritual successes too. Absolutely. Um, there are, um, there are kids we're going to see in heaven because mm. of these, programs um and that's a real cool thing yeah that's amazing so from your perspective what does orphan network need most from our communities right now like you know i think we're doing a lot of those things but if someone's listening to this and saying i want to get more involved what are the things that they need most right now well you know i think they need our resources yeah primarily um i think and they need it as a consistent commitment that's sustainable and um and, you know, they understand all that churches go through. They're very sensitive yeah. to, you know, we have ups and downs in our own um, yeah. revenue stream and things like that. Uh, but they need partners that, that stand by them with mm. resources, far, far more probably than anything else. And, Cole, you were on their staff. Would you would you say that's a fair uh, perspective oh, absolutely. From on the staff and, as well? You know, I've, I've been in NGO work for 10 years now, and I, the the goal is, is to build equity, um, equality, mm. and... Uh, the way to do that is to give um yeah. and primarily the easiest way to give is to take all that excess money you have lying around and <laughs> it's excess here yeah. compared to the kid with brittle orange hair who's Absolutely. living on 50 cents a day um and, and give of that mm. also to give your time um yeah. via uh, you know i think dan hit the hit the nail on the head when he talked about just gathering around this infant and praying and yeah. you don't have to be in front of an infant in nicaragua in a tiny little shack to do that you mm. can um, join your congregations in prayer for Nicaragua yeah. for the things that um, are happening in Nicaragua. Um, both generally um, praying for those indicators to keep going up, those big global health indicators, mm. praying for uh, the the churches and people that we're partnered with, and then specifically praying for mm. unrest when you read about it in the news, praying yeah. for the names of people who um, your friends who have who have gone to these places are sharing with you. Um, so giving of your resources, giving of your time, um, giving all that you can, I, I think that's how we raise the equity and raise the equality. And That's huge. Yeah. Yep, that's absolutely huge. I appreciate this. All right, so I have a couple final questions for everyone. What was your favorite memory from a trip to Nicaragua is the first one, then I'll get to the final. What's your favorite trip from a favorite memory from a trip to Nicaragua? Gosh, we all have them. Who wants to go first? <laughs> yeah. Um, gosh, I feel like I, I, um, I mean, I touch. Uh, I, one that sticks out is is walking through Tippy Tapa and being mm-hmm. able to um, just connect with the community there and, and pray for an infant. And I, I think, um, you know, Bob and Cole both touched on this, but the importance of um, relationships. And I think I, I remember. Um, the, hmm. One of the pastors of El Faro, uh, Miriam, um, 
was at the end of the trip, she came up and, and she prayed for all of us and, mm-hmm. and she gave me a word. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, uh, again, I mean, I'll say it again, it's profound, profoundly impacted me. And, and, you know, when Bob's talking about going down there and it's, it's a give and take, it's not just, mm-hmm. uh, Hey, we're going to build this school for you and then peace out. Yeah. Um, it's very much, uh, you know, a ministering to us as we minister to them. Absolutely. Um, and I think that, that, is another thing that sticks out is just the the relationship out there and the um just the sweet sweet time that that was for sure yeah i'll go next because i think cole's got the best stories but um <laughs> uh to finish up uh you know as a dad watching my son mm. uh, as a college kid um years ago you know 12 years ago whatever it was uh watching him just I mean, his soul was so present. Yeah. Uh, and it grew, it was mm. growing him up in ways that, you know, parents are kind of looking from a distance going, yeah, go for that. You know, like, uh, you can't, you can't, buy, there's no tuition involved. Yeah, <laughs> but right, it was, right. uh, it was probably the best course you had in college. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and so, so that's a memory. And then, so, huh. so to be there and mm. watch him lead trips. Wow. That was just, you know, of and course. he says, you know, I speak French, not Spanish. He speaks pretty darn good Spanish uh, that he yeah. learned from the children, which yeah. is a unique form of Spanish. Yeah, I speak little five-year-old Spanish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but he, he was translating and this and that. So so that, you know, that's just mm. a dad thing. Um, awesome. I You know, I still remember walking into Chureca and into this to uh, Esperanza, the school there, and uh, and the first kid who ran up to me and held her arms up. Mm. And she rode on my shoulders. <laughs> she was light. It was good. Uh, <laughs> But that that yeah. that's a picture of so much of my experience. There yeah. is children who who uh, uh, want to be loved and yeah. want to love you and mm. and wear your sunglasses and uh, all that stuff. So I still remember that first kid mm. uh, reaching that's up and huge. say, and you know, so I was in. You know, like, yeah, I'm a I'm a sucker for that. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I think for me, and I'll, like you said, I'll let Cole go last because he's got the most memories there. Uh, most to sort through. I think um, just being a part of like Wednesday night service worship at, at the church, you so know, so like, good. And, you know, it's so amazing. And preaching like, there, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah that's right. I forgot I preached there. I actually <laughs> forgot. <laughs> With Alfred or whoever. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, sometimes they, all, they, they deeply remember what you preached. Oh, that's it, very, it that's very stayed kind. with them for a long time. Oh, that's very kind. No, but I just remember. Yeah, yeah I'm sure it did. Well, I remember sometimes saying like a really long winded thing and Alfred would give like three words. You're like, I don't feel like he translated but i know what he, he, he was giving his own sermon you exactly. just didn't know it exactly he says alfred would say i'm not a translator i'm an interpreter <laughs> oh gosh yeah no but but i mean from what they, their worship you know like we focus so much on performance whether you try to or not we just focus so much on like the quality of what it is they're playing old tapes you know, like they don't have a guitarist, they don't have any worship music. I mean, like um, instruments. We're, and at they least just, where we were worshiping, right? Yeah. It's just, but yeah. they just they have they bring their hearts before the Lord, and it's just pure. And it just feels like they just love. I, I don't know. You just feel like how can you not come into contact with God there? And it's because the people are just purely worshiping, not because of any bells or whistles or anything that they have. And I don't know that that I, that still sticks with me still now. Like especially when we're having kind of conversations about how to make Sunday mm. morning better, and part of me is like, we just need that heart. Yeah. <laughs> how yeah. do we strip yeah. past all the other stuff to have that yeah. kind of heart? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, there are so many good stories about Nicaragua. It's <laughs> it's impossible to pick one. I mean, we've had. I remember a congregation member who got headbutted by a goat, and that was just 
a site that I've never seen before. <laughs> I remember beach trips um, that were both terrifying and equally like so sweet when you're mm. rolling back in a bus and everybody's just fast asleep <laughs> and there are four kids around you who are sleeping on your shoulders. And so you, you had hilarious moments, sweet moments, great yeah. moments of worship out on the porch where you're all just sitting right. there praying together or singing together after a long day. Yep. Really good food. Yeah. We, we didn't even touch on the food, but like oh, yeah. everything from weird things like waffles with peanut butter. I'd never <laughs> done that before to just like the fresh fruit and the great drinks and so many good things. The weird and fruits. The weird <laughs> fruits. Yeah. Mamones Chino are, are these tiny little red spiky things that you break open and then you pop it in your mouth and you suck on the the fruit and then you spit out the nut oh, yeah. or else it, it acts as either a laxative or the reverse. <laughs> <laughs> so many different things. Um, but the, so my, my very first time, spring 2007, uh, not 2017, 2007, <laughs> uh, about the third or fourth day, um, I'm just a college student dealing with like, what are my thoughts on poverty? Why am I here? Um, what's my responsibility, like morally, ethically to these people? What's my role in this, in the world? Like big questions as a yeah. college student, right? And um, I remember a, a group of a few of us college guys um, just went out walking in the community one day right outside of the um, orphanage. And that's not good development. I don't recommend it. It wasn't safe. We were actually specifically told by by some of the people who we met that it's not safe to do that. And they walked us back to the orphanage. Um, but one of the one of the things that happened with um, being not Latino and um, walking through this community that is very rural in terms of where it is in Nicaragua um, is that a bunch of kids came up and, and walked with us. Mm -hmm. And I remember one girl, Jocelyn, um, came up and, and grabbed my hand. She was probably about 10, um, maybe nine at that point. I'm trying to think what age she is now. But um, and do the math in my head, but um, but she just grabbed my hand and I didn't know Spanish at that point, not a lick of it. Um, and I, I was struggling with all these questions about what's my role and everything. And all she wanted to do was wander around her community. I'm pretty sure she should have been in school. All those kids should have been. And, um, and, and some of them had uh, futures that I, I would not wish on them uh, spread out before them. Um, you know, girls who would drop out of school early and, and get married early and get pregnant early. Um, guys who would fill jobs that were day labor jobs and uncertain and, and not what they wanted. And um, But in that moment, um, she grabbed my hand and it was just a relationship. It was just a, hey, let's walk through this community together. And I, I think that speaks to generational commitment. Absolutely. I think that speaks to how to do good mission trips is, is relationally. Um, and then every trip I took, I made a point of going back into that community and she pointed out the the places I shouldn't go she said yeah, you know those are bad places and I said why and she said well there are banditos over there and I said well who are they and she said well they're my brothers and sisters and friends and they'll take your money and I, I said okay I won't go over there and um and she'd keep me safe and um I met her mom and her mom was great and her dad was great and and there were messy times where you know she had a sick sister and they they needed medicine and I had to figure out well what's What's my ethical right. role in that? When, how do I help but not hurt? And um, she needs a school uniform. Um, she wasn't part of the orphanage, and how do I deal with that? Mm -hmm. And um, but but at the heart, it was a relationship, and it was a profoundly impactful relationship mm -hmm. then, and and still is now. And um, you know, eventually Facebook reached Nicaragua, and I could connect with her on that. And um, and that's been true for a lot of kids, but that was my first wow. interaction with a kid in Nicaragua, and. Um, and, and like the rest of you, I'll, I'll carry those first mm -hmm. moments with me for a real long time. That's huge. Wow. 
Last question. Oh, wait. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I was just going to say, you know, I was thinking about this question, and, you know, I think we had t- touched on it earlier in the podcast, um, talking about how a lot of churches will just go down and build a building, mm-hmm. and um, and that's enticing, right? Because that's something that's very portable. You come back, Point like, oh, how? what was the cool? Oh, well, we built a school. We built this mm-hmm. thing. Um, but when you're going for generational commitment, hmm. these are the things that are big things where you know you ha- you're holding this person's hand and you're connecting with them on Facebook where it's like you look at that and that might not seem like that right. big of a deal compared to like this person built a school right right but like when your vision is generational commitment, these are the huge things absolutely um, so I don't know I, I was just thinking about that that's great man. So the last question, you know, on the trip, and I don't know if this was a you thing or an orphan network thing, but every night we kind of sit around and debrief the day. And the yeah, last porch one, time. Porch time. One of the questions that we'd always ask on porch time was, how did you see God that day? Hmm. Um, and people would share a lot of impactful stories of just ways they saw God working through someone else or ways that God just showed up in a, something. But I wanted to ask you, as you look at the 10 years, as you look at the generational commitment and where it's been so far, how have you seen God so far in this kind of commitment? Well, I'll let I'll let one of the pastors go last on this question. <laughs> Golly, I'm not going to try to answer more that with my, me, my so deep spiritual go. thoughts. Um, but uh, I'll come at it from a global health perspective. Man, mm. Nicaragua is is a success story. Mm. Um, it's uh, they they were a extremely poor country um, with a lot of problems, and um, we were a very small part, um, but a part of. Uh, of that trend line that's just increasing in every one of the indicators that you want to see increasing. Mm. Um, people are healthier. Um, their sense of community has stayed very strong. Um, it's a, it's a beautiful, loving, wonderful country with incredible people. Um, and and it's getting more vibrant, more Mm. healthy. Um, I I see it just as a, a, a tremendous success over the past decade. Um, hiccups and unrest notwithstanding yeah uh, it is on the upswing and Mm. and i look forward to a decade from now looking at that and and just seeing that huge explosion of of success continue Mm. Uh, and and that's a cool god thing that he is working for the good of nicaragua um Mm. through us through other people through nicaraguans specifically and um it's a cool Mm. thing to see that's awesome yeah i know for me like i i think um I mean, just seeing transformation over time is is a is a big mm-hmm. deal. Like, um, I remember, so uh, you know, we mentioned that La Chereca, um, you know, they kind of closed it up and that people don't live there anymore. They gave the people that they moved out into the, into houses. They built these these places for them to live, and they're like basically apartments, you know. Um, and they tried to set up jobs at the recycling plant for the people who lived there. But I remember Pastor Ramon saying, you know, it's easier to get the people out of the dump than it is to get the dump out of people. And I, and I feel like it's so easy to kind of be like, they're out of the dump, like wipe my hands, job well done. Like we solved the international crisis, but like, but that's anybody who knows anything about like transformation, that's like, you know, just fixing one part of someone's circumstances doesn't change anything. Like, you know, it takes people walking together for a generation to start to change mentalities and to change different things. And, and I think to, to be still going when the immediate tourniquet was put on and the bleeding had stopped, but to say, we're going to kind of, we're going to be a part of being a part of this relationship. We're going to watch you learn how to use that arm that was wounded. We're going to watch you learn how to train your kids to not kind of fall back into these same patterns. Like we're going to try to undergird the staff who are not going anywhere, even though the quote unquote crisis was, was solved. Right. You know, and I think like, 
I don't know. I just think it's that relational generational commitment that you're talking about to say, like, we're going to keep caring, um, even though, like, it's not going to get as much attention as it used to, if that makes sense. Because um, relationships, I think, show up when, like, nobody's watching, you know, and like, and that's like, that's what God does. He sees the things that aren't, like, on the news. He sees the deep heart of all of us. And, and I feel like God's heart is just present over the brokenness that goes unseen. And he's called us to kind of walk in those places as much as we are able in that way. And so, I don't know, I think I see that in that commitment, God just showing up over a decade to watch malnutrition start to change and not from just the bar graph, but to say, I remember seeing that girl two years ago and she was malnutrition. Now she's healthier and that's incredible. And I remember seeing these, this family in La Chirica, and now they're living outside of La Chirica. And, you know, and, you know, I remember someone mentioning that like, um, you know, one thing that they didn't deal with in La Chirica was drug issues because the drug dealers were too afraid to go into the, the garbage dump. It was too dangerous. <laughs> but like now that they're in this community, drugs are starting to become an issue. There's other issues that follow where you go. So it's like, who's going to walk together through the new issues that crop up and this new circumstances? And like, well, the staff of Orphan Network is going to be there and we're going to keep coming alongside to walk with whatever that is. And that that to me is very much what Jesus and his followers are called to do. Yeah. Um, so I think the biggest way I've seen God is that um, just the consistent partnership, both mm. with Christ City um, and with Orphan Network. I mean, the fact that there are these two relatively small churches in Baltimore who are still connected to a thriving mm. organization thousands of miles away. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, that organization has been impacted by the small gifts that, that you know we've kind of offered up and said here lord use these yeah and like god has just taken those and multiplied them and you know we'll never even know the full effects that's right you know until we get on the other side of this life um and so i think that that's like the coolest thing to me hmm. is that there's these two small churches in baltimore um able to impact this situation in nicaragua that's great, that's great. Yeah, so many stories. It, it, this could be a whole podcast just Absolutely. doing this. We could go around <laughs> over and over. The um, so, you know, you know, my friend Rick, who is the head of our Nicaraguan leadership team at Grace City, has been going for ten years now. And you know, Rick is when you understand um, that he's run billion-dollar companies, right. so he brings a hefty uh, business expertise. And and what I've noticed through the years, number one is it's changed, Rick. I mean, he just loves Nicaragua and mm. gives up all kinds of things in order to go there consistently. And his children have all gone and mm. everyone's, you know, everyone's fallen in love with it. But what was interesting to see is Rick would sit year after year, you know, in all the trips, multiple trips, and he'd sit in these small chairs, sweaty <laughs> meetings, talking with folks about business development, <laughs> microloans, strategies, this, that. And they talk and they talk and it's hot. Did anyone mention that Nicaragua was hot? So <laughs> hot, it's hot and wet. And uh, and we would call these are sweaty meetings. But but what what I saw what I saw Jesus was several years into it is when he would arrive, folks, you know they loved me and you know but Rick Rick's here because he was consistent. Uh-huh. He'd sit and he'd talk and yeah. he'd, and he'd. He'd struggle through the navigation of what it means to start a uh-huh. sidewalk clothing business, mm. you know, with ten dollars a month kind yeah. of thing. And uh, and he'd go through it and through it and bring resources to it. Yeah. And 
and uh, and they love Rick. Wow. And it's not unlike Cole's yeah. reputation there too yeah, that yeah. preceded all of us. Like Cole, you see Cole's name written on the inside of buses. <laughs> you know, like Cole sat here kind of thing. But um, uh, but this relational dimension mm. uh, changes us, and it it. Um, you know, just to be appreciated that way too is like, yeah. like it, it's it's really cool. Like that's amazing. Rick has far more impact down there than this pastor will ever right, have, right. just because he's constantly, mm. constantly showing up. We're all gonna so. spend a couple hundred years in heaven, just sitting around small hot tables, launching <laughs> businesses. That's how much fun they have at this thing. And, you know, yeah. it's good times. I remember Tim going to watch Rick, like wanted to observe Rick mm-hmm. doing what he does, and like um, and his just like saying afterwards, like. The brilliance of Rick is that, like, you know, they they come with a problem with the microphone because a lot of times it was church people trying to help give right. business loans. So right. I right. wouldn't be able to do that. Right. It's right. not this is not because they're Nicaraguan. They're not able to do that. It's just outside of their wheelhouse. And they couldn't figure out what went wrong. And Rick diagnosed it in about a split second and yeah. knew exactly where it went wrong because this is what he does. Yeah. And he would, wouldn't tell them he would. Ask yeah. questions yeah. and let them process yeah. and crunch the numbers. Never fixed anything. Never this fixed is, anything. This is important and, to the theory. And yeah. in over an hour, yeah. he said, he'd sit there patiently yeah. while they toiled over trying to, until it hit them like a ton of bricks. Yeah. That's the mistake that we made. And yeah. that would impact them in a way that they would not make that mistake again. Right. Uh, because Rick didn't just say, well, you did this. Do, don't do that next yeah. time. I mean, like, but he said, like, to have the, both the brilliance to diagnose it and the patience yeah. to walk with people while they struggled to figure it out. It's just, I mean, that's, I mean, yeah. that's the brilliance of Rick yeah. doing what he does. You can't go there to fix stuff. Right. No. Like building a building is great, but, right. but that's kind of the American desire to fix stuff. Yeah. You know, we, we love that, but that's not the way mm. life works really on any end. Uh, it's much more about what capacity do we have to grow up as human beings in Christ Yeah. Uh, and to come alongside other people who are growing and push one another to grow. Hmm. And when you're doing that, things change. Absolutely. Uh, king, kingdom things happen. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, guys, I can't thank you enough for joining me, uh, joining us today. If you'd like more information about Grace City, where can you get it? Like, how can you? How could well, people? Well, you can find- go to GraceCityBaltimore.org. <laughs> awesome. Uh, and uh, you'll find everything you need to know there because the, the website was built by a brilliant web web guy. So. <laughs> That's awesome. That'd be me. Please go to GraceCityBaltimore.org. <laughs> Google us first. Actually, find us on Google to raise our SEO rankings. Oh, yeah. that's smart. And, hey, and then click through. I just learned something. Google, be, Google diverse churches delightful. in Baltimore. City, yep. right? Just just keep Googling us too. That would be great. Oh, um, that's that's fantastic. And if you want to donate to Orphan Network, if you're sitting at home and say, I really, how, how do I go about doing that? Uh, go to OrphanNetwork.org. Um, yeah. Orphan Network being one word with one N. It's not Orphan Space Network. It's OrphanNetwork.org. Yeah. Um, you could Google them too, though. Um, and that would be a great way to donate or give to uh, Horizon or Grace City. That's and, right. And uh, some of that will make it down to And you can Nicaragua designate well. it at Grace City. Can you do that? Yeah, absolutely. Put yeah. in the memo. This is for yep. Nicaragua. Yep. 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 And if people yep. wanted more info about Horizon, how would they? Yeah, we'll get there. I just, I, I just want to say so thank you. Thank you. I love that you're a communications guy. You're plugging oh, you in know, for I'm me. Just, I appreciate just it. Just trying to set you up. I know. Up. I appreciate it. No, and I'll say this. like On the website, too, you can sponsor a child or you can give to the feeding program. Indeed. But I would say if, if you're anywhere near and interested in Grace City Church, we respect this church so much and like think the world of them. Like, I mean, we have had people move to the city that we've sent with open arms to go join Grace City because it's just a great fit. Very, you know, we have a great synergy between yep. these churches and we Absolutely. believe in what you're doing in the city. We are so grateful that you 
our light shining out in Fells Point like that, and uh, we are so excited about the partnership. Well, we're in South Baltimore, but Fells Point is oh, yeah. you know, right <laughs> around the harbor. Point. Federal <laughs> Hill. I meant to say Federal Hill. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Federal Hill. I've been there. I know. It's a bright light. It's just across the city. You're still learning Baltimore. I'm still learning the Baltimore. We have plenty of small groups in Fells Point, so that's good. Yeah. But thank you for joining us today, and if you want more information about Horizon Church, you can check out our website at horizontowson.com. I did just learn. Google it first and search Horizon Church. We're a community where you will be loved and have the opportunity to be loved. Thanks for joining us on the Horizon.